it was like a light bulb went on, you know, finally, mm-hmm. and just saying, like, whoa, like, I have anxiety? Like, I didn't think I was even capable of having anxiety with just the way I live life and how, you know, it was like, only, like, weird people have anxiety and get depressed, like, but that's not me and that will never be me. And, but I realized, like, no, like, we all deal with that stuff. You're watching Flow State, conversations with athletes, artists, and entrepreneurs about the ups and downs of a life totally immersed in doing what you love. My name is Nick Willicke. I'm the host of this show, and I'm also the co-founder of Sojin, where we make modern remedies for busy working professionals. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Matt Dayton, a competitive surfer and the founder of the digital marketing agency Next Level Creative. Matt and I talk about everything from how surfing helped him recover from asthma as a kid to what he learned about the importance of friendship and community while navigating a challenging divorce. Before we dive in, today's episode is brought to you by the Sojin Pain Relief Tincture. We make the pain relief tincture by cold soaking organic turmeric, hemp, copaiba, black pepper, ginger, and orange peel in coconut oil overnight and then filtering out the herbs to leave us with a smooth tincture oil that's rich in healthy plant-based nutrients that are great for boosting recovery and helping with inflammation. You can use this oil in a smoothie, you can take it in a tea, or you can just drop the oil directly on your tongue. So if you live an active lifestyle and you're curious to see how this can help you, then head to www.sojin.co and try the 30-day risk-free trial of the pain relief tincture. And now, a conversation between me and Matt Dayton. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, dude. Good to be here, man. You had me. Appreciate it. It's an honor. I'm really excited. So we're going to talk about your work. We're going to talk about your work in the South Florida community and New Smyrna. We'll talk about surfing and your what you do with um, your social media company and kind of talk about all different aspects. Um, But to get things started, yeah, like let's talk a little bit about your upbringing and what was your childhood like? I was born in Sanford, Florida. Um, And just to give you guys in a nutshell, I was uh, adopted when I was about two days old. Okay. Um, My Biological mom, she was super young. She was, uh, I believe, about 17, 18 years old. And um, mm-hmm. at that time, uh, it was definitely frowned upon to have children out of wedlock. Yeah, so she was basically, my biological mom was kicked out of her house, most likely, and wow. uh, just didn't have anywhere to go. And uh, so some friends of what became my adoptive parents um, friends of theirs, a lawyer and her or his uh, wife decided to start a ministry to help out these young mothers, you know, that uh, were mm-hmm. not single mothers, to help them through uh, the child, you know, birth process, and, and then he would actually do the adoption, you know, legally, mm-hmm. the uh, paperwork and everything at home. Yeah. Okay. And so um, my parents um, were praying for a. a blonde hair, blue-eyed boy for apparently quite a while. And um, <clears throat> so John Jones is the lawyer's name. The, the adoption brought me to um, Howard and Bev Dayton uh, when I was two days old. And uh, he personally delivered me 
to the doorstep, you know, brought me, uh, so he's a, that's know, so cool. It's a big deal. Like when I see that guy, I'm like, it wasn't for you, man. I don't know where I'd be right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a uh, pretty, pretty awesome story. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I tell people that I won the adoption lottery, you know, cause I had two of the best parents in the world for sure. Just showed me nothing but uh, unconditional love, you know, first and foremost, um, when people would come into our house, like they could feel the warmth and like, come, you know, we, we like the love, um, just that, uh, and that's one, one thing I learned seeing that, but then also them introducing me to other people that they knew that had like that same heart. Like I, I always remember feeling that and I still do it to this day. Like when I meet mm-hmm. somebody, I'm like, I reminds you of your parents. Yeah. And you know, that feeling of like, unconditional love you know um and being humble and being accepting and all those things like you feel that as soon as you meet somebody yeah yeah it's like this thing that you're just like wow okay like i'm connected with this person in a really special way to be blessed with parents that have gave that to me you know it's like um like with great power comes great responsibility yeah it's like yeah yeah it's like dude you've been given this so you need to give it back now. Like, yeah. That's what you're, part of the reason you're here, you know? So, yeah. And, and I think that's... So giving it back and spreading that. Yeah. So we'll talk, I want to, you're a great example of that, I feel like, in the community here and, and everything you do and the way you treat people. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, before we get to that, just kind of continuing on your childhood, when did you start surfing? When did you get into that? You know, it's a funny story. <laughs> I'm glad I uh, uh, remember this, but when I was young, young, like four or five years old, I remember going to the beach and a uh, number of times I remember going in the ocean and actually not liking it. Like it really actually, my skin, I remember like it's, I may have gotten stung by jellyfish. I don't know, but I just remember like, there was <laughs> it's always, it, was, it always turns your beach trip upside yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just not like vibing with it too much, you know? And uh-huh. so, yeah, I remember like not loving the ocean in the beginning, which is kind of interesting. You know, probably about five years later, uh, I think it was 10 or 11, there was a boogie board sitting outside, like some people that we had met at the beach, their condo. And so I was like, man, let me try that thing out, you know? <laughs> so I asked the board. Were you, skate- were you skateboarding at the time or anything uh, like that? Like- maybe, yeah, yeah, definitely skateboarding. You were so skateboarding. When I was actually, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I was skateboarding when I was like 11 months old or something. No so way. there's photos now that I'm glad, yeah. Um, my parents like took photos of me with like the neighborhood girls, you know, they were a little older and funny story, they actually would get two skateboards and they would like put their legs across on each other. And so, and I would sit in the middle of them and we would go <laughs> down the road literally like as if, yeah. So, I mean, so there's two skateboards and one's on one with their feet on the other one. They're like wrapped connected the their one. legs and they're like, all right, Matt, let's go down the hill. You sit right in the middle, you know? And so yeah. you're like less than a year old at this time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was in literally like a onesie, like <laughs> no joke, like flying down the hill with these two girls. I think they're like babysat me or something, but a little amazing. kid. Yeah. So, so that was definitely where the, the board sports, I guess, kind of started. Yeah. Um, wow. So you got, so, so that was when you were like super young, you were on a board basically when you could walk or before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, then you kept skating. 
Yep. Yeah. Okay. So skating for sure was the first board sport. Um, okay. So then when you see this boogie board on the beach, you're kind of like, hey, like this looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I just, you know, I was like, I can ride that somehow, somewhere. Like, let's, <laughs> let's figure this one out. That's I mean, awesome. I was honestly like, That's I told so great. a lot of people that I tried every sport in a sense, like, because I just wanted to see them, like, maybe I'll like, you know. So I kind of gave most sports a, a, a shot, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, like tennis, you know, bowling. Baseball, football, basketball. Um, I just felt like I wanted to try everything. Mm-hmm. I Give them all a fair shake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I grabbed this boogie board, went out in the ocean, started riding waves, and I just remember like falling in love with just being out there. And then, you know, the rush that came with just catching a wave. And, and I was, you know, I was just riding straight, but it was like probably, you know, waist, chest high. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these wedges are just like, flying on this board like this is you know and I, I just were you felt, standing were you riding it standing up or were you like just riding boogie board yeah, style yeah, riding just, it in your stomach just total boogie board like that's how it started obviously and then probably you know a few months into it I'm like looking at magazines and and I was like well wait a second these guys are standing and like doing yeah. that I'm like that looks a lot cooler than this thing over here. The you know, I'm like, I gotta do, I gotta learn that. You know, I'm like, I'm going to freaking stand up and charge some waves. You know, pulling the barrel and standing up. You know, that kind of thing. So, um, there is some cool bodyboarding that happens, but only like places like Pipeline or mm-hmm. the Wedge. You know, where the waves are big, yeah, mm-hmm. huge, and they do some super legit stuff. You will like barrel, like yeah, yeah. or like launch off the lip you know like 20 feet in the air and do a El Rolo or something but you know that's like legit bodyboarding there's so many different ways to ride waves and so mm-hmm. really what I tell people now um like if you're not having fun then like you just shouldn't even be out here. like it's all about having fun so mm-hmm. whether you ride it on a boogie board surfboard soft top body surf like whatever it is i mean there's so many different ways to ride waves mm-hmm. so it's like dude just make sure you're having fun you know because if you're not having fun then like it's not you know if this board isn't working for you not having go find one that does you yeah know? so that's the key and for me uh as a lot of people know like i love riding a lot of different kinds of boards you know um experimenting and uh, that's part of the fun design. of surfing for sure yeah like different fin setups and shapes right. and everything yep so um that's kind of been one of my big things and i'm you know blessed to be able to do it but having written just like so many different designs and then obviously with wave pools coming up that's gonna absolutely change the game for every for surfboard mm-hmm. designers because now you know you won't have to go like try board out on a few different sessions like you're gonna go out and catch 10 waves at a wave pool and be like, dude, this board's the, the one. Or you'll catch like a couple waves and be like, I, I hate this board. You know, just go get another one, mm-hmm. you know, in the mm-hmm. shop, like right there at the wave pool. So uh, wave pools will absolutely change the game in the future of surfboard design. So that's yeah, let's talk about that that too in a bit because uh, <laughs> I want to hear your take take on wave pools. Were you always, so you surf, start, pick up boogie, a boogie board and a surfboard at 11, were you always, you're really athletic as a kid, trying every sport, were you always really healthy? Uh, my mom was, uh, she was kind of like into nutrition and taking care of your body well by what you put in it mm-hmm. from a very young age and, and really kind of before it was like taboo and like cool, you know, to be like healthy. Like 
uh, she was just on a whole nother level. She would bring me like a handful of like, you know, 15 vitamins every morning. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like gnarly, like piles, you know, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, like, you know, no problem. Like, How old were you at this time? I mean, I was young, like five or six. Wow, dude, you're really? already taking the vitamins oh, for yeah. your mom. Yeah, I used they, to, That's a lot of vitamins to take uh, as, a, as, yeah. a, as a little kid. I used to like freak people out at school. I'd be like, look at all these I'm about to take, you know, they'd be like, what? Like, just be like down and chugging no problem. And they'd be like, dude, you're crazy. You all know? in one go? Yeah. All in one go. Yeah. No problem. That's just, yeah. People might think your classmates must have thought you were like Hulk or Superman or something like I that. Mean, they were like, I don't know, but your mom's different. <laughs> <laughs> She's on, yeah. So it was, uh, it was unique, but she taught me how to take care of myself well. I mean, and to this mm -hmm. day, I, I use a lot of the things that she taught me, like little things that, I mean, I'm, you know, knock on wood, but I don't, I don't get sick a whole lot. And a, a lot of the things that I utilize today, like that I take on a daily basis are because of her. Why did you, so 15 vitamins, is that, was that just for general health or did, were you, did you have like a condition or did you have like some sort of, um, you know, yeah, did you have a condition or something that she was trying to, to effectively help you with? Yeah, that's why yeah. she's giving you so many vitamins? I mean, so, yeah, um, I definitely had uh, a lot of allergies and asthma, you know, as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I had asthma too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So asthma was like the big one early on. Definitely remember it was scary. It was, it's a, anybody that has asthma knows it's like, it just brings anxiety on naturally when you can't breathe well, you know? So, um, you know, it's like breathing through a straw, you know, that's how they compare mm -hmm. it to. And like, it's a horrible feeling, you know, until you get some relief. So there was a lot of that for, a long time um, and just dealt with that you know through childhood and um, you know my mom she helped with the, the food and everything like that was you know certain diets and things like that I was always on I mean she would like literally bring me special like lunches to school sometime you know and, uh, <laughs> that's awesome so yeah I mean she was mom very, sounds like a boss no oh, yeah totally I mean we finally found when I was like 10 or 11 found like an allergy asthma doctor okay and, uh, you know, once him got the testing and all that, and um, he's like, hey, he's like, you're super allergic to dust. Like, that's your highest, you know, allergy mm -hmm. to anything. So you need to keep your environment very clean very around clean. you. Like, yeah. that's going to be important, you know, moving on mm -hmm. from here for you and your well-being. So I took that, like, to a whole nother level. I took it to this level, like, okay, I got to keep this clean, my room where I stay, but then I was like, I need to keep my whole house clean. Like, so I would literally like clean my parents' entire house <laughs> like, all the time. Like it was a kid. Yeah. As an 11 year old kid. Yeah. Like, like by the time I was 13, bro, I was like, like stupid clean. Like it was everything, their room, like vacuuming, like the whole house all the time. And then it turned into like, you know, I do the yard. I had this thing where, um, I would, I wanted to, like we had uh, pine trees and they would shed, you know, the pine needles uh -huh. all over our house, like the roof. And I got this somewhat obsession with keeping the roof clean. <laughs> so I would get up and blow, like, constantly all the uh, pine needles off. And my parents were finally like, yeah, it's probably not really good for the roof. Like, you may want to, like, chill out. So literally, they came to a point where they are just like, you can't go up there, like, only, like, once a month or so. 
And so I'd like sneak up there, like, <laughs> <laughs> like just wait till they were away at work. Yeah, oh yeah. And sometimes I, th- I remember I, my mom like probably catching me, calling my dad, like he's on the roof again. You're gonna need to come home and get this kid down. <laughs> and I'd be like, go jump. Yeah, it was like next level OCD at like 13. That years happened. Age. You you had to jump off the roof oh, to yeah. escape your mom. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a. Uh, there was a lot of... Uh, what did yeah. you jump into? You jump into the bushes? Just, no, I mean, it wasn't that high. I was just jumped into some pine needles on the side. It <laughs> <laughs> like some good cushion for me. So it's about a one story, a ranch yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ranch house story. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. It was a good, like, 10-foot jump. But, I mean, dude, when you're 13, I was like, let's do it. Like, we used to just see how high, it, you know, stuff we could jump off of at that time. So, but, um... Did your doctor recommend surfing to you for your lungs <laughs> at all? Yeah, so... Because that's good. That's good for um, chest congestion and things like oh, that, yeah. inhaling the salty air, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why I think... Uh, so when I, you know, started riding waves, started, finally got my own surfboard. Actually, so the first service, I'm getting to mention, the first surfboard I ever got was from John Jones, the guy who, a lawyer that brought me to my adoptive parents. So his son actually surfed. His son was adopted as well, and I knew he was a surfer. He was a little older than me, and uh, so I reached out. And I'm like, "Hey, do you know where to get a board?" And he's like, "Well, actually, I'm, s- I'm selling a-, a board of mine." So I thought it was so cool because like he was the only like good surfer I knew at the time. So he sold me my first board, and uh, it was a Fox surfboard. Uh, I think it was shaped by like Greg Loher. Uh, he's a local shaper. I think probably still around here. Maybe still shaping, but. Anyway, so got that. That was my first official board. Um, what was, kind of what kind of board was it? It was a fox. Fox oh, board. Fox surfboards. What do you remember the? What, yeah. Was it like a short board? Yeah. Or? Well, it was like a what would be like kind of a hybrid right now. It's probably like five, six, um, kind of like you know a little wider. Good Florida board. You know, basically made for Florida. Okay. Um, performance board for here, a little wider and flatter. Um, so yeah, that thing had like stickers all over it, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. I, I used to, because we lived inland, so I can always surf. So I actually would like we had a pool, and I would go put in the pool and like run and like jump on it, and like, like just to f- try and feel it a little bit. And um, but then I ended a up like, backyard skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I ended up like it ended up hitting the sides of the pool and stuff, and like I dinged <laughs> it all up. You know, I was like, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know, but. So that was the first one. Then um, did that help? By the way, did going out and surfing did that help with your uh, with your asthma? Yeah, um, I mean, I fi- figured out pretty quick, especially having uh, consistent allergies, and then like going to the beach and you know having like I just always felt a lot better, you know, after I surfed. And uh, mm. so for me, it was like this thing of you know living inland a little ways. We we're probably you know close to an hour from the beach and uh so it was like I'd go surf feel amazing for like a day or something and then go back into the allergy environment you know and start flaring up again really um you know surfing was that one thing so that became part of my journey was like all right well how much time at least can I get out there to try and feel as good as I possibly can you know because I knew that was like kind of my happy place specifically for my health. When I first started going and learning to surf, um, 
you know, mainly surf this place called Bethune Beach, which is down at the south end of New Smyrna. Okay. And uh, so Bethune, and then there was another, it's called Canaveral National Seashore, which is about a you know, mile south, uh, which is kind of another um, uh, break, you know, there's some good breaks in there, but also like a national park that's protected lands down there. Um, so that's why I really learned how to surf and had some of my, you know, best times as like, a teenager when I was little, you know, from like when I could drive, you know, 15, mm -hmm. 16 through, you know, 18 or 19, like we just had some priceless times down there. Uh, weekends and um, I'm sure there was some like after school getting away. I'm sure I skipped like uh, plenty of like soccer and basketball practices, you know, to go <laughs> surf occasionally. Like, yeah, that's what it's about, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I'm sure my basketball coach was like, you need to stop that surfing when we're in season, man, you gotta stay focused. Were you surfing by yourself? Who's going with you when you're going to the to the beach? Back then, right it was like uh, you know, there was kind of more of a select crew, like a tight knit crew of surfers. It wasn't like now it's such a mainstream sport. Like everybody kind of wants to be a surfer, or, you know. Mm -hmm. Says like, oh yeah, I surf. I surf, yeah. I have a foamy like that. I come <laughs> once every three weeks or what I you know. But um, back then, it was like. A core. Everything was just more core, you know. Um, like if you were a diehard surfer, like you were diehard, you know. You, I've heard people you, say you know, similar things about like skating back in you know the the eighties and nineties. Yeah, it was. It came with some social costs to be a skater. Right, right, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I think it had a. Everybody had a perception of what a surfer was, and mm -hmm. a lot of times it had to do. Yeah, there's you know marijuana use and partying and all that you know it's that's how they were perceived you know but uh is a party crew well yeah was it the party crew for yeah. sure oh yeah and it was like even professional servers back then at the top you know the best surfers in the world they partied hard and yep they partied the night before their contest yep. and they paddled out and went a pipe and yeah. you're like andy irons going out hungover and just yeah winning yeah yeah so times of changed a lot when it comes to that and how you know professional surfers are coached and um how that much they train and so that's that's been cool to see the evolution yeah. of surfing and how far it's come you know did you go away for college or how, where did you do college uh, i went down to uh, palm beach atlantic okay in west palm beach i got my uh, degree in surfing 101 for sure like because that was, uh, I had, I had never had access to surfing so close. So, you know, I was only a mile, if that, from the beach, you know. So I went, and it's just this whole new world opens up. You're like, wow, like, I can literally, every day there's waves, like, I can surf. And then, again, met the core crew, you know, at the college uh, that was going there. And we just, you know, you become this little band of brothers. Mm -hmm. And you're going around school and, like, Hey, is there waves? No, it's still flat, still flat. And so you're always talking and then a little windswell comes in next day and they're like, dude, it's like waist high. It's like probably gonna be chest high, you know, after class is over and um, where everybody's frothing, you know. And so, and then we all met like at our local beach. It was, it was called Clark Street and uh, like crazy, like heavy wedges, like head high wedges that would just break you and your board. I mean, if you like, if you didn't know how to surf and be fast, so I learned, I actually learned a lot about like the speed of how fast you have to react in surfing. Like I was tell people I learned how to surf there really because of like the reaction time you had to have. Like the waves were crazy. Um, 
and they had consequences like you could get really hurt you know if you weren't like on your toes there's a lot more consequences there so I you know I learned how to I tell people I really did learn how to surf well there you know mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and again I just had access I, I feel blessed because back then and a lot of people I've asked but the sandbar was really good at, in um, around Palm Beach uh, specifically like Reef Road which is a arguably the best like bigger wave spot uh, back then at least okay. when in Florida like when it's on it was just insane like you know 8 to 12 foot waves you know okay. no problem wow. from the outside just reeling all the way through and wow. it was a left <clears throat> when it was good it was a left that would just go you know a couple hundred yards and, and it would hold the whole way and and then it's just aqua blue water, like Dude, the dreamiest. That's ever. magical. Yeah. That's yeah, magical. Yeah. So I got to surf it every time it broke uh, for about five years that I was down there. And um, just feel, again, like blessed to have been able to experience that. And, yeah, dude. About a year after I left, they ended up dredging uh, that place, and it like has never broke the same since pretty much. So I'm just like. Just when they, they fill it in? Uh, yeah, yeah, just pumping sand, you know, and it just seemed like it never really came back like it was, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, again, it's different seasons of life, you know, and um, just being appreciative of, like, those seasons, really great seasons you get to experience. What were the highlights of that season for you? You know, I'd say that was the first time I experienced, like, falling in love, you know, like that feeling of, like... Um, meeting that special person, you know, that like, like, oh my gosh, like this is the one, you know, it's, you meet somebody you just vibe with so hard and you're just like, that's all, you know, especially at that age, you're just like, this is it. Like I found love. Like I want to feel like this forever, you know? And, and then, you know, six months down the road, you're, you're like, well, maybe this is not what I want forever. <laughs> but, Was um, that college? That, that, yeah. 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 First I a, a serious girl. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time for sure, like, serious girlfriend, committed, you know, and okay. she was from Maryland, uh, her name was Lisa, and um, she was just, like, very pure and uh, just very genuine, like, real, you know, didn't wear a lot of makeup, she had little cut-off jean shorts, um, little, like, white tank tops, and, like, ever since then, dude... You know, kind of like what Daisy Duke, I don't know if you know who that is from Dukes of Hazzard, but like a similar look, you know, similar look. And, uh, and that's what I like. That's exact to this day. Like if I could just describe, you know, the, mm. like that's what I would look for. It's like that girl in those jean shorts, super natural, no makeup or very little. And just, just, yeah, genuine, natural, organic, like this is who I am. But simple, man. It's yeah. I think everything, if you keep it simple, like life just flows a lot better, you know? Mm. Um, mm. So let's pick up back up that thread of asthma and anxiety. Cause you talked about that a bit and how it impacted your childhood. I'm curious how that impacted your years um, after your college graduation and your, your life into adulthood. Can you talk about that a little bit? Later on, you know, got married, um, uh, had Talia when I was 34, I believe. And, uh, that's, uh, your daughter. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, life changes entirely dude, when, you know, you have a child of your own and, um, 
incredible experience. I mean, going through that, creating a human that, you know, looks like you, um, is part of you is like, you know, nothing like it. It is just one of the coolest things you'll ever experience. And so I think that's ultimately when, when we talk about anxiety, I would say that because you know, you have this child you know this thing you've created that you, you have feel to responsible after. right mm-hmm. right so i i think that's probably when for me um anxiety started creeping in the picture a little bit i think for me you know anxiety is ultimately like uh, the the worry of like not being in control and sometimes you don't realize that what anxiety is or what it even feels like and why you're feeling the way you are but yeah i used to go to costa rica a lot you know that's why i've been uh, 18 times now I had a, pl- a trip and on the way there we get on the runway and I was actually supposed to surf in a, a night contest that night I had surfed in it the uh, year before and I think I had gotten like third or something but this contest wow. that night it's a big deal like everybody you know from the towns are come the lights are on the water like nice incredible experience where is this in Costa Rica um, it was in Hermosa okay yeah cool and so Took, you know, uh, went to that contest and did fairly well. And um, I was like, you know, on Costa Rican TV, on commercials and stuff. Like, I didn't even know it. My buddy's like, oh, yeah, you're on, like, one of these main commercials pushing this surf contest. And I'm like, oh, cool, you know. So I was like, sign me up for the next one, you know. And uh, so I was flying there literally that day. The contest was that night. We get on the runway in Orlando and go to take off. And they're powering, you know, down the runway and the plane started like backfiring. It was like the loudest like booms you've ever heard. Like, you know, and I was like, that's not good. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't, you know. And so sure enough, they aborted the takeoff. Um, but, you know. We're, that's scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have been good if we took off. Um, wow. So thankfully, God spared us and yeah. they stopped that plane. Went back to the... Um, gate and worked on it for a couple hours and it's crazy they would actually like they deboard the plane while they're oh, working on it yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. um so we're waiting and you know mechanics are trying to fix it they would like crank it up every so often to see if they had fixed it like right at the gate though they're right there with this plane and the thing would like boom and like shake the airport just scare the shit we're out just of like dude we're, i don't want to get back on that plane <laughs> like hell no like oh. bring it you're bringing another plane because we ain't going on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up not going, leaving that night. They put us up in the airport uh, hotel and uh, ended up getting up the next morning and, and flying out. So we made it to Costa Rica, thankfully. Um, had a great trip. You um, made it. Okay. Yeah, 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 obviously. Uh, to surf the contest again? I didn't make the contest. I did miss the contest because it was that night. Oh, dang. So... Whatever, it just wasn't Man, meant to be. The yeah. locals must have missed you on the in the the commercials. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't make the second round of commercials for the following year, but uh, yeah. So uh, got there the next day. I mean, I ended up staying for about a month and a half. Mm. You start having you have uh, like anxiety on the on the second flight. Or? So what happened? Yeah, uh, on the way back, um, we get we get a, I, I was actually sick I'd, I'd come down with like a fever I probably had some bad water or something you know some bad food or something and so I was fairly sick like on the way back and so I was just like get me home you know mm-hmm. literally I remember being in a plane like this asking for a blanket like had a pretty bad fever okay and they had no blankets or anything so I was just like 
God, like, Lord, like, get me home. Like, I'm ready to go home. That's you the know? worst, man. So we get up, uh, you know, to altitude uh, and cruising altitude, and I get to the Caribbean side of Costa Rica, and I knew the route. And they started doing, like, circling, you know, around the coast. And, I, like, the sun was setting. I remember, like, beautiful sunset, but I was just like, something's going on. So, like, after, like, the second circle, they come on, and I say, we're going to have to go back and make an emergency landing. I'm like, oh, gosh, you're, you know, like, I'm sick. I just want to go home. And this little Spanish lady next to me, she's, like, starting to, like, pray, like, that we're going to make it in one piece. Yeah, like, literally, like, it was the like, worst case. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't looking, you know, I was just like, this may not end well. So I had that, like, come to Jesus moment for sure, where I was like, all right, God, like, my heart is about to blow out of my chest right now with, you know, how much anxiety I have. Literally, yeah. Um, I remember the cabin lights, they, like, dimmed them. Like, it was just like, it's like a movie, you know. Yeah, you felt very out of control. Talking about anxiety. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was probably the first experience with severe anxiety I've ever had, you know. Understandably. Yeah. And um, so uh, we cruised back finally. We did like six circles, dude. So I'm like, are they dumping gas? Like, I knew something wasn't right. Started going back. um, Obviously made it back. And landed everybody's like cheering you know like yeah we made it <laughs> <We're> <laughs> so amazed, yeah little ladies like praise the lord you know, like, everybody's stoked uh we get down and we pull up to the gate and there's like uh ambulances fire engines like waiting for us all over the place they had them ready yeah that's terrifying yeah so yeah. i was like yeah that was pretty legit like <laughs> we dodged a bullet for sure you know wow. and uh so get off that plane and they literally just turned around had another one ready and we just like jumped on the other plane like 30 minutes later and took off i'm like okay well at least it's not you know yeah so that's about how that went and um my gosh man and you've been back a bunch of times after that so yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 for sure that that didn't stop me from traveling but i was super i had some serious anxiety issues with flying after that for, for a long time yeah um in fact i would have to like self-medicate you know whether it's like um i don't know just take things to calm me down a little bit i needed some sojin for sure at that point because i got you now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but i would usually like have a beer or something like before i take off just to Mm -hmm. like chill me out because it was significant did you ever go to uh see any doctors about it um try to get their help yeah i i don't so we'll go back to Actually, we'll fast forward to, um, again, like the whole plane anxiety connection. Um, you know, years later, uh, I was on a plane, and we talked about this a little bit, um, to Colorado, and got up, and I had gotten a lot better with my anxiety at this point. Thought I was like kind of in control of it, but realized I really wasn't, and get up, um, cruising altitude again, everything was fine. And I just like, couldn't breathe well, you know? And I, I was like, this is weird. Like must be my asthma's flaring. So I'm like taking my inhaler a bunch and you know, it's probably helped a little, but, um, but it just never really went away. And uh, even I remember in Colorado, I think when I got there, I was still having issues and I was just like, this is weird. Cause I'm, mm. I'm fine. I'm not sick, but something's going on and um interesting you think it was the altitude no no, no. i mean i think legitimately i think um that was the beginning of uh 
well, finding the Costa Rica trip, you know, that was literally the beginning of anxiety for me. But then I think this was like a, a trigger, you know, that came up later on that like got the anxiety going again. And uh, so, you know, that became, it was significant my breathing for a while, like was just not good. Like um, things would come up and um, my breathing would just not be good, like consistently. And, and this is uh, for like an extended period of time, like how? Yeah, how, this how is probably time? over the span of at least, I'd say year, year and a half. That, um, and it got to the point where I started going to doctors and just and trying just to out of curiosity, out. sorry to interrupt you, but when you say my breathing was not good, like describe that. Yeah. What so, I mean, so it was this, this, uh, feeling of, um, chest being super tight. Like I lay down to go to sleep. It was laying down was actually the worst and going to sleep and night was the worst, but it literally would like, I'd lay down on my back. That's how I normally sleep. And it just felt like somebody was like stepping on my chest, you know, and then like, like breathing out of the straw, you know, they, mm. they always say like, that's kind of what an asthmatic feels like mm -hmm. breathing out of a straw, like that little, you know, amount of air, it's not much you're going to be getting in and out. So, but okay. the, the chest heaviness, all that is where it can really be significant. And, um, and it freaks you out. Like it's that bring that breeds anxiety in itself, you know? So, we were just starting to interrupt. So then, so so that helped. That so that's what it felt like. And then you said you went to see some doctors um, about that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So started seeing you know my asthma allergy doctor, uh, some pulmonary doctors, um, just you know anybody and everybody I could think of that might be able to help what I was experiencing. And you know, it ended up that um, I really figured it out and determined on my own that it was it was anxiety for the hmm. most part but, what, did, what did the doctor say out of curiosity yeah i mean they uh you know that's uh when i realized that you know a lot of modern medicine unfortunately is um is not the answer in terms of like them throwing a, a pill you know at everything like oh, okay so yeah, that's what they try they basically give you medication to help with it yeah okay yeah, yeah. so you know, everything I was experiencing, um, you know, there was a, it was like a disease or, you know, uh, the remedy was to medicate, you know, okay. give it, it ha everything had a, had a pill that would fix it, you know. And, Did you try that? Uh, I tried a few for sure. Um, and I just, the, you know, a lot of those things had side effects. Even when I was younger, I remember taking some certain medications and they would just give me these weird side effects. and. And I was just like, this doesn't feel right. It's not right. Like, I don't want to feel like this. And so... How did, how, when you say like this, how, how, were, how did um, that make you feel? Just, you know, things that would do to my body, like energy levels and, um, you know, things that... Made you feel more tired. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it just, I could tell it was like something foreign in my system that wasn't, and my system wasn't agreeing with it, you know, didn't want it. And kind of like, I... I think if you listen to your body it'll tell you you know what it needs and what it doesn't want you know but you got to be like you got to get to know your body and like listen to it um you know I think in everything not just what you take in but the people you're you know surround yourself with um yeah like experiences you have like that your body will tell you whether it's like a positive or negative energy you know that's coming from 
people, places, things around you. So um, I try to be really like cognizant of, of that, you know, that um, mm-hmm. it's just listen to what listen, your body's saying. Yeah, yeah, listen to your listen, like subconscious almost like it's it's talking to you and all mm-hmm. the time telling you like what um, what you should and shouldn't be doing. You mm-hmm. know? And so, so you felt your body rejecting these medications that they were doctors are giving you for anxiety yeah yeah for sure wow um, there's uh, and then you know that was that was a good thing with my mom as well she again i think she um it was the onset of really uh um just um what am i trying to say i don't know antibiotics but pharmaceuticals that's you know the, you know that was i'd say the the beginning of where pharmaceutical companies were coming out and like just creating all these medications, you know, again, you have, this is what's wrong with you. Well, here's a pill for it. Here's a pill, yeah. you know? And, and so there was just so much of that. And, and so seeing, you know, what I had come from where, you know, young, when I was younger, I didn't have any of those things. And we were more combating, you know, allergies and asthma with like food and, um, you know, natural things. And then, now Lifestyle in, changes. Yeah, yeah. And right. Supplements and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And now everything has a a pill that you take to fix it. It's just like, nah, something's not right here. So um but you know, that becomes a personal journey that you have to figure out for yourself. You know, again, like what your body is what it wants, what it needs and what it doesn't need and what is not good for it. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. So tell me about that personal journey, that figuring out what your body wanted and what your body needed. That really started when I was going to those doctors about the anxiety, which was, uh, it felt like asthma and uh, the onset of a lot more asthmatic type um, scenarios. But it really, what I learned was, I believe, mostly anxiety, and which was, a, uh, it was like a light bulb went on, you know, finally, mm-hmm. and just saying, like, whoa, like, I have anxiety? Like, I didn't think... I was even capable of having anxiety with just the way I live life and how, you know, I was like only like weird people have anxiety and get depressed. Like, but that's not me and that will never be me. And, but I realized like, no, like we all deal with that stuff, you know, and, and there's uh, things that happen in our lives, different triggers, you know, that bring that on. So I, I definitely believe that incident with the plane in Costa Rica, that was a significant uh, thing that happened that created this anxiety in me and and so that's why I've kind of struggled with that you know just being on planes and feeling a little out of control um, um, but have now come to a place in my life where I've, I've overcome that a lot wow um, I can honestly say like the last few flights I've been on I've, I've felt the most uh, at ease and with just life and where I'm traveling to, where I'm going, and even to the point, I told my dad this, but, um, you know, I was on a plane to the Dominican Republic earlier this year, and I literally, like, was talking to God, saying, you know, hey, like, my kind of like, my life is in your hand, like, if it's time for me to go, like, I'd probably be okay with it, like, and it was weird, because, like, who even thinks about that, or, you know, like, says that, but I really was at this point like almost like this peace, you know, like to have this peace about my, where I was in that moment and just saying like, 
you know, if this thing goes down, like, not that I wanted to, or, you know, pretty sure it's not, but if it does, like, I'd be okay with that. Like, I can go right now and um, be at peace with where I'm at, you know, mm. so, and that was, like, I've never felt that in my life, you know? Like, mm. Um, mm. So, what were some of the, so you had the plane trigger. <clears throat> how did you navigate how to, what, you know, how to know what to do when you started experiencing these triggers and they started making you feel anxious? So I'd say with that, I mean, it's, you have to figure out uh, what your, when your triggers are and um, see those and like almost mentally prepare for certain things to happen. And it, it needs to be a conscious effort, you know, decision like, hey, okay, these are like, for me, obviously the airplane, like going and flying, you know, was an issue. So, um, but I think a lot of it too is, uh, how healthy you are as a person, you know? So if you're just not in a real healthy place in your life, if you're dealing with you know, a lot of stress and, uh, you know, relationships, um, marriage, you know, stress at work, um, there's so many different stresses in our culture, uh, especially. So, you know, if you don't, if you're not handling those from a healthy perspective, um, and really like on top of that kind of stuff, then you're gonna suffer, you know, especially with like your triggers. So um, they will trigger you more basically. They'll yeah. Or, and, and you, you're not going to respond to them. You're like, you won't be as strong to be able to be like, no, like mm. mentally, like I got this. Mm -hmm. You'll be more just like jump to mm. anxiety and like more react, react. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that was, that's just been a journey for me, personal journey for me. And I think anybody else, um, just to work on yourself, you know, like learn about yourself, learn about the things that you're struggling with, um, get info on how you can deal with that, like get all these different perspectives of all these things and then like come up with your own like, hey, okay, this is how I'm gonna try to work on this and figure it out, you know, everybody's wired differently so we gotta um, figure out what works for us, you know, and again, that's part of where I think you're understand like learning yourself and who you are and getting up every day and like okay like this is what i need to do for me to move forward um mm. that you know this person over here may be something totally different but they're not wired like me so i gotta figure it out on my own mm. on my own terms i mm. can think so you know it's it's a personal journey to deal with mm -hmm. it makes it very personal in that way yeah yeah, yeah for sure um yeah. what did you what did you do like, what was your, <clears throat> what actions did you take? What was your plan to learn about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, just, I've always really liked psychology and learning about just the human mind and how we work. And um, and I think, yeah, ultimately a, a big thing that I've learned about that is, again, like the healthier we are as people and how we take care of ourselves, um, directly affects like uh, just the kind of human being we're gonna be, whether it's like positive or negative, mm. you know, in this world. And mm. so I just realized that, um, you know, working on yourself, like, you know, they say, love yourself, like, and you know, not that it's like all about you, but um, it, it really is like, if you're not a healthy human being, like you're not gonna be able to, to go out and treat others and love others the way you're supposed to, you know? and 
So it's actually really important to like take care of yourself, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, so we can go out and, you know, be a positive influence or, um, person, you know, in, in other people's lives, you know, that, um, come in our path. So, yeah, and I've definitely seen that in the last year or so, like I've just really worked hard on, on myself and, um, mentally, physically, and spiritually, like that's kind of the three mm-hmm. boxes I think you have to check, you know, the triangle, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's tough, man. It's like, those are like three full-time jobs, you know, that you have to add. Uh, and, but it's like just little steps every day, you know, if you can try to work on those, you know, three things, like somehow each day and that stuff like adds up over time. And that's how you change, you know, mm-hmm. as a person for mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive way. So when you stay connected to your mental, you know, mental health, you know, keeping that in check, obviously physically, you know, staying in shape, taking care of your body, um, and then spiritual, you know, connecting to, to God, you know, like, you know, whatever that looks like for you. You know, I don't like the word religion. Uh, it's just about a relationship with your creator, you know, and that's it. Like we all have this idea of what, who God is, or some people don't think there's God, you know, and, uh, but most people feel like there's a higher power, you know, that kind of thing. So, but that's your personal thing and your personal journey. Like, what does that look like for you? And you have to figure it out on your own, you know, even aside from what your parents believe and a whole nother personal journey, but one that's been super important in my life. Um, what have been the fruits of those habit changes that that you made um, to cope with your anxiety and to grow from your anxiety? What have been the fruits of that like today in your life? Um, whether it's like how you treat people or just how you live your life differently, you know, like yeah. what have been the fruits of that? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, like I said, when you're, when you're in a state um, you know, I got to a place in 2016, 2017, 2018 in that time range, and a lot of it happened. Uh, there was a lot of stress in my life at that point with, you know, family and my business. You know, we had started a business and uh, my mom being sick. Um, so, you know, when you're dealing with that kind of stress and, you know, which does turn into anxiety, which turns into um, having, you know, different crutches and things that, you know, you know, whether it's alcohol for me, there was a little bit of that, but, uh, you know, it was my OCD actually got like really bad at that time too, because it was like a control thing. And, um, a lot of anxiety, even with that, like my OCD and wanting things like clean, like perfect, you know, and it's really, I mean, again, you learn how your brain is working. And now I know I'm like, dude, I just, that was my way of controlling things, you know, like OCD, that's what that is. Like if you want to keep your area so clean and that, that's okay. But like the way I was doing, it was not healthy. Like it was, you know, if somebody came in, came in and messed it up, you know, my son came in and knocked over, you know, a bowl of cereal, like dude, that's, I'm freaking out a little bit, you know? So, um, so, mm. you know, mm-hmm. seeing that, but like, getting to a point to where you can pull back and see that for what it is. Um, I think that was, 
that was really important for me, you know. And I think just a lot of things that we deal with in life until we can kind of get through them, get healthy enough to pull back and see them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's difficult uh, until we get to that place. But then it's like once we finally get to the end of that, start getting healthier and then, you know, take 20 steps up and look back at it and like, oh, okay, like that's what was going on there. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't about me just like being super clean you know guy wanting everything clean no this was like more about me wanting to control this is what i could control Mm. and you know Mm -hmm. um that wasn't necessarily a healthy thing you know and uh and so i i took ownership for uh some some of the weaknesses and things that i had uh had been struggles you know in my life and now i can look back and be like yeah that wasn't wasn't healthy you know that's why Mm. I was doing the things that way because I wanted a little piece of control in that area, you know, because I maybe things were out of control in other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that but that's kind of what, again, what life's about, you know, it's um, reflecting, you know, looking back and yeah. saying, like, now I see why that was the way it was and why it wasn't a healthy thing. And But now I want to be different. I want to, you know, take control of that. And mm-hmm. because of that, uh, my anxiety will be a lot less and maybe I won't have anxiety about it anymore. So, mm. Are you happy with where your uh, mental health is today? I am. I am. I've, I've uh, come a long way, uh, I'd say in the last six months personally. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been through a lot uh, in terms of, you know, went through um, a divorce in the past couple of years um, that was very significant that was um, did not see it playing out the way it did and uh, as I was going through it leaned super hard on on God um, and uh, thankfully I did that because you know I know now that he strategically put people on my path you know through that time um, you know uh, just throw out a couple names. One of my buddy Jeff Jeffrey Steele. Uh, he lives here in Satellite. Uh, other friend Stephanie Brown. Um, you know they were two crucial people in my life for like the gnarliest part of that storm that I went through. And um, uh, you know T back. I mean he was he's been with me the whole the whole stretch. I mean you know he's encouraged me and helped me through it as well um but just you know having those people in my life for um at a time where nothing really made sense um with Hmm. you know the way my my marriage was playing out and what you know things that were happening there and how it just you know took a crazy turn um you know i felt like I didn't understand any of it and why it was happening, but through these relationships, I would, with new people, I had never met these people, and literally, like, they just all of a sudden were there. I remember one day with Jeff, I had this, like, something on my mind, like, and it was almost like I needed an answer for it, and, uh, and so I was just questioning, questioning, like, I was like, I need this answer, and I never really talked to Jeff, only a little bit about surfing, called him, like, on a Saturday morning, went for a walk through my neighborhood and I was just like Jeff man this is what's going on and 
and I don't get it, man. I don't understand. You know, I like I need some clarity. Like, what do you think about? Like, I know you're you've been a pastor and you've been you've counseled people. And I'm like, so I need you to help me a little bit. Like, just grasp like what is this that I'm feeling and why is it happening? Um, and he was just able to literally like go into detail on some stuff he had been through, very very similar situation and relationship that he had been through, and was able to really like explain to me um, why you know mm. things were happening the way they were, and because of what he had gone through. And it was like everything I was telling him about what I was experiencing. Like he was basically like, "It's like, bro, I can't." He's like, "That's." kind of exactly what happened to me you know like wow and as it all kept playing out i mean he would continue saying this he's like bro like i've had these feelings and i've you know been through a relationship that had very similar experiences as to what you're going through right now no way and so yeah so it was huge man that was huge to have him i mean i talked to this guy for hours and hours you know like Probably owe the guy like a million dollars in counseling fees, you know, but he'll get those in heaven someday uh, as a repayment. But uh, uh, yeah, so talking to him and then, um, you know, Stephanie, she became uh, like a sister to me, like through that. I love you, Steph. <laughs> but um, mm. when you're in the right um, space, like mindset, you know, when you go out in this world and interact with people, um, you know, you're going to want to like, you're going to want to smile at people. You're going to want to like open the door for people, you know, hold the door open. Like, because we're all here, like as humans on this earth, we got to share this planet. So like, dude, we need to be loving each other and caring about one another, you know, and um, mm. it doesn't matter who you are, you know, skin color, race, religion, um, sexual preference you know uh you know all of it dude. it's like that's like should be our goal you know and this really ultimately to be mm -hmm. be less about self and we all battle with that i mean that's a constant battle you know like the selfish versus being selfless and so for me that's always you know at kind of at the forefront like you know i want to have experiences as a as a human as a person and um but i also realize like how I interact with the person that's right in front of me right now you know wherever I'm at like I don't if I'm not you know having a positive impact on them in some way um I feel like I'm not like doing what I'm supposed to be doing as, as a human you know so um and you just never know like they're you know that you give somebody one you know, word of encouragement you know might be one thing you say to them are you, if you only have one thing to say to them and you'll never see you again like what's that interaction going to look like you know is it going to be a positive or negative one and uh, so yeah I just take that pretty seriously you know and I just want to um, again carry that, that on and um, but a big part of it is mental health you know physical health spiritual health all that if we're not you know checking those boxes very regularly like we're not going to be able to do that, you know, and really care for one another. You know? mm. So I got a, this is my favorite tattoo. It says love never fails. Like what you meditate on is what you will become mm. ultimately, you know, and, you know, are you doing it consistently enough? 
So that's a huge part of our growth, you know, as, as a human, like, you know, what are we focusing on each day? What do you meditate on to okay. keep yourself mentally healthy? What do you, what's one thing that you do there? What's one thing that you do physically to keep mm -hmm. yourself healthy? And then what's one thing you do spiritually? Surfing is definitely that thing. I, I tell everybody it's the, uh, the ultimate therapy, you know, it's like the ultimate, ultimate therapy session. Um, cause it really just does something that nothing else has ever done. Like, uh, with the physical, how physically demanding it is. Um, but then also, um, you're literally like flowing with mother nature, you know, and what you're doing, like these waves that come from hundreds of miles away are formed. You're connecting with this, that energy and like flowing with it, you know? And, um, and learning how to flow like with the ocean is like it's this like special dance you know that you do and a lot of people refer to it as that like and but it really is like if you look at what you're doing like it's this literal dance you know with the ocean and you're bored and um, it's incredible I mean there's really nothing like it if you think no sport you know can compare and um, like what you're doing and the way you're interacting with mother nature is just like incredible so mm -hmm. it's you know and there's a saying like old saying only a surfer knows the feeling but so true you know like if you until you feel that like you know getting up riding a, a moving uh wave you know moving wall of energy created from who knows where like there's just nothing that compares that feeling you know and um so yeah, you want to keep doing it over and over and over again, just because and go different places all over to experience it. You know, that's the special thing about it, um, to be able to travel. And uh, luckily, I've been able to travel to quite a few different places. I've been able to get like Costa Rica, I've been, like I said, 18 times, uh, you know, Panama, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Hawaii a few times, um, you know, out to California a bunch. Uh, Bahamas, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. Um, I think that's a couple wave pools here and there. Um, but anyway, just, just being able to like combine that passion of like surfing and then traveling to different cultures and what that's done for me personally, I think in, uh, in who I've become like, you know, keeping it simple, like life simple and like, mm -hmm. It's more about, for me, and what I've learned is it's more about creating experiences uh, in life that is the most special thing you can do rather than stuff, you know, being your, your everything, you know, being your happiness. A lot, a lot of people in our culture equate, um, you know, material possessions is going to make you happy, you know, and having all this stuff, like, that's, that's what life's about, right? Uh, that's going to make you more... Well, I mean, that's, it's not going to make you happy. Like, uh, it's going to drive you nuts over time. And, and I've always say the more you have, the more you have to worry about, you know, so true though. Like more stuff you have, the more you have to worry about. So you've been super generous with your time. The last thing, I, the, the last question I have is for people that are watching and listening, like how can they stay in touch with you and what are you working on most recently that you're most excited about that you want to share with people? 
Uh, well, you can keep in touch and see what I'm doing. Obviously, Instagram's my jam. So mdayton360. Uh, I've got a marketing business. Um, you know, social media. So what's that called? It's called Next Level Creative. Cool. It's, yeah. So if anybody out there needs some good social media coaching, uh, um, creating content, um, strategizing, uh, all that, I mean, that's definitely where I think I, I thrive uh, within the kind of creative realm of uh, video, photo, you know, editing, things like that. That's what I really enjoy. And then, yeah, some traveling coming up. You know, I've got a trip to Costa Rica I'm working on right now with a buddy of mine, Jason. Um, so we're working on, we're going to be doing some surf coaching and uh, do some videoing and just strategizing. The 19th time in Costa Rica? Is 19, that right? yep, number 19 right on, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll do that in the next few weeks here. Um, and then plan a trip to the Dominican Republic again. Um, some of that will be for fun and surfing. I haven't really caught it uh, super fun there yet. So I'm excited about like seeing that place go off. And, uh, and then the week after that, we're gonna have a surf and serve trip, which we've been doing. This will be our second one there. So where we go and we're able to surf some, but also give back to the local communities around nice. there and help different ministries and nonprofits with what they're doing right there nice. in the Dominican. And we're doing that in some other areas as well. Uh, El Salvador is another place we go and are really um, giving back to some communities there. Uh, Very cool. Through that. So, um, going there with a group called Surfing in the 60s. Um, they're a group of businessmen from New Smyrna, for the most part, architects, uh, doctors, lawyers, I mean, a bunch of different um, people in, in all kinds of uh, different walks of life, but they all have surfing in common and they come together and want to surf together late into their 60s obviously and beyond uh, but also go and give back to communities like really have a heart for people so um, and that's always kind of been one of my passions is to go and do similar things so to connect with these guys has been super cool um, and then I got to give a shout out to Stephanie Brown uh, with Vinspiration so she's really about a year ago tell this real quick um, I connected with her saw her doing some amazing surf trips and knew she was kind of the, the brainchild, you know, behind them. And so I was like, hey, I'd love to do some trips with you, but like, let's combine this with giving back to the community. So it was kind of the inception of what has become these surf and serve trips. And these surfing in the 60s these guys came along and, um, you know, connected with her. And then so now we're all connected mm. and doing these trips on a regular basis. So. And just to see the fruit that has come from those trips is incredible. Like we've done local surf contests with local kids, you know, in El Salvador that like, you know, barely they like duct tape surfboards together just to get, you know, come out and be well, a part yeah. of it. And so we're able to go and, you know, get them new boards and prizes and all kinds of cool stuff, but also just be there, you know, as like to show them we care, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so it's been a really special thing that we've been able to be a part of, you know, for that last year, uh, a little bit over a year now. And so we're working on uh, a couple more trips coming up. And I think the goal is to do four trips a year with the surf and serve. So that's um, hopefully next year we'll be doing a total of four in 2023. So 
Good things coming. We're, we're stoked. Thanks for your time, brother. Yeah? Yeah. All right, bro. It's I, been amazing, for yeah. sure. And, and that's our show. If you enjoyed this episode, then please take a minute to leave us a review and subscribe so that we can keep you updated each time we release a new episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you.